All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Top Takes Podcast with Zach and Dayton. But Dayton is not here today. He is out of town with some family. So it is just me, and I've got a guest for you guys today, a surprise guest that was not mentioned. It's not the athlete that's coming. That's coming Friday. You guys need to stay tuned for that. Um, I will give you some more information and reveal who that is during Wednesday's episode. So you got to tune in and watch to find out who that is. But for this episode, I've got Jordan Spurgeon a student at Arizona State University. He has his own podcast that I am going to let him plug when he gets in here. You should definitely take a listen to it. If you listen to episode three, you might hear a familiar voice. Just saying. Now, Jordan is someone that I have a lot of respect for and has done a lot of great work. So I think you guys are going to love this episode. We're going to be talking NFL stuff, a little bit of NFL draft winners and losers, and picking division winners, and a way too early Super Bowl prediction here coming from us with maybe a hot take or two. Who knows? But we're going to hop right in. All that and more here coming up on the Top Takes Podcast with Zach and Dayton. All right, guys. We are here with Jordan Spurgeon. He is a journalism student at Arizona State. And I'm going to kind of let him introduce himself and give you guys a little bit of a plug. He does a podcast that I was just on. You guys should go check it out. Um, I'll let him plug that, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks Zach for having me on. I'm glad to help fill in on your podcast here. You're doing great work. I'm excited to see what you do at Michigan state. Um, but like you said, my name's Jordan Spurgeon. You can find me on Twitter at Spurge underscore. Um, I'm a junior at Arizona state university and um, I'm a part of the radio program there, TV broadcast program. Um, I've worked at the Padres before in San Diego and recently I've been doing videos on YouTube, kind of trying to keep my mind off everything that's crazy in the world and talk a little bit about sports. So you can find me on YouTube, just Jordan Spurgeon, uh, S-P-U-R-G-E-O-N is my last name. And on Twitter at Spurge underscore. And uh, you can see my podcast up there, the Spurge, the Banana Bread Octagon podcast. I think Zach was on episode three. I think yep. six episodes yeah, think are out now and there'll be more yeah. on the way. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kind of talk about some football today, um, NFL stuff. So we're going to jump in. I kind of want to get your takes on these things. Uh, Dayton and I jumped into the NFL draft stuff a little bit a couple episodes ago, um, but I kind of want to get your takes on it. Um, So NFL draft, winners and losers. So give me a couple winners and a couple you think that were losers and why. Okay, so yeah, winners, losers for me is something I'm not – the hugest fan of, but I will, I will bite it on this one. And I will say, I really liked how the Arizona Cardinals did in this draft. They get arguably the best player, if not a top three player in the draft with Isaiah Simmons with the eighth overall pick. Mm -hmm. They trade their second rounder for Deandre Hopkins. I'm going to consider that a second round pick. That's basically what it was. And then they get a starting offensive lineman in Josh Jones out of Houston, who in the third round, 72 overall, who many figured would be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Now, he had a couple little injuries in the combine, things like that that pushed him down. But he has the potential to immediately come in and play on the left side or the right side and help protect Kyler Murray's blind side. And for a Cardinals team that is rebuilding and has some young, exciting talent, I think this draft was perfect for them, and it could help escalate them. We'll talk about this later when we do division winners um, from a last-place team to possibly a playoff team with the formats. I like their draft. The Dallas Cowboys getting CeeDee Lamb at 17. Just that alone was a great pick for them. I think many figured wide receiver was not a position of need for them, but I'm a big believer in the philosophy of taking the best player available. And at that time, he was definitely the best player available. And now it gives them some freedom um, with how that offense is going to flow with CeeDee Lamb because he could potentially become a number one receiver this year over Amari Cooper. I think he has that much talent to be the number one for them over Amari Cooper. 
Um, so those were two winners for me. Looking at the losers, I mean, to me, the Patriots were one team. I, I think it's hard to judge the Patriots because Bill Belichick always seems to have a plan. But when you look at what he did in the draft and where this team is heading, I mean, yes, they were a playoff team last year, but that team didn't have any offensive talent. And instead of the draft, he decides to add more depth on defense where they were the number one ranked scoring defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't agree completely with what they would do there. I know they signed some wide receivers in, as an undrafted free agents, but they didn't draft any wide receivers. And the receiver class that saw 35 receivers drafted, I think is a little bit weird. So I'd consider them a loser in this draft. Really, that's all right now that I think would be my yeah. winners and losers. Winners and losers is something that I think uh, we journalists kind of jump into really early, and you have no way of telling. But it's one of those fun exercises, like those way too early mock drafts that come out the day after the draft for the next year. Um, that have I read, absolutely, I read so many of those. Oh this yeah, year. Fun. I mean, there's They're nothing fun. else to do, but um, they have absolutely no bearing on what actually is going to happen. But it's fun to mess around with, like you said with the Patriots it's really hard to judge Belichick like because he took a safety in the second round out of Lenore Ryan, a second or a division two safety, Kyle Duggar and every, anybody else, people would have been like, what are they doing? But when Belichick makes the pick, people are sitting there wondering what they missed. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Another team that I would mention kind of for the wide receiver point was the green Bay Packers um, not drafting any wide receivers in this deep of a wide receiver class really kind of surprised me they signed uh Daryl Stewart Jr. out of Michigan State and a couple other wide receivers um it, as undrafted free agents but it really doesn't um I don't see them getting there and I think the pick with Love Jordan Love in the first round only escalates the uh talk that people were having about a little bit of a tarnished relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur so it is a really interesting uh, piece to think about there. But we can move into division winners if you would like. Um, Let's do that. AFC. So we'll start in the AFC East first. This is a really interesting division. So I'll let you give your pick and then I'll give mine. Yes, yeah, so the AFC East, it's been the Patriots division 18 out of the last 20 years. And I believe that in 2020, the Bills are going to win the division. I think they were 10 and six last year. They were a wild card team. I believe they go 10 and six, 11 and five, possibly again um, in a much improved division and still come out on top though, with Patriots dropping from first all the way to fourth this year. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think that I'll, I'll go with the bills. Um, I like the addition of Stefan Diggs. Um, I'm still not completely sold on Josh Allen yet. Um, we'll see if he can uh, prove a little more as he goes. Um, and it's his chance now. The division is theirs to lose at this point uh, in Buffalo. So that'll be a really interesting one. We want to move to the FC North now. This is one that a lot of people have kind of written away, but we'll see if, you com- if either of us have a surprise pick in this division. Yeah, the AFC North, um, a lot of people want to hand it to the Ravens, and I like the foundation the Ravens have built. I like that John Harbaugh has built this offense around Lamar Jackson. And even though this is a team that growing up, if I want to, you know, throw a little bit of fandom out there um, that I didn't really enjoy watching as a kid, it was just one of those teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they might actually have a chance to be the division winner this year. A little bit of a surprise, but you get Big Ben back. You get another season of Juju Smith-Schuster being healthy, learning that number one role. They have Deontay Johnson, who was playing with an injured Achilles from week number two as a rookie and was an all-pro wide receiver last year with an injured Achilles. So the offense will be fine. 
Ben Roethlisberger's healthy. He's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. He can still play at a high level. And the defense is only getting better. So I can see the Steelers actually being a surprise team and winning the division next year. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that's really hard for me to say. Shout out to uh, Cole Rankin listening um, here and his Steelers, but I'm not picking them. Um, I'm going with Baltimore. Anybody that knows me knows that last year uh, I used to get a lot of crap for saying that um, – I was not sold on the Ravens last year as Super Bowl contenders, even as they went in 14-2 and two to the playoffs. I was not sold on them. Um, I think that they are going to be a team that's going to be hard to beat this year. I'm not sure how well that style is going to last them in the playoffs. But when we're talking division winners and looking at their schedule, I'm taking Baltimore in a much improved division again, as you said with the last one, because the Bengals got Burrow. The Browns reinforced their offensive line and got a new coach in Kevin mm-hmm. Stefanski, who – did really well as the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Um, And I think that that's going to be a really tough division as well, but I'm going Ravens and then that'll be the next three teams are so close that I I don't know who's going to be after that. So we can go to the AFC South here now. Yeah. AFC South division winners last year, the Houston Texans at 10 and six Titans were nine and seven. I think both teams take a step back in 2020 the Texans offseason just doesn't do it for me. I'm, I think Bill O'Brien has really upset players in the way that he's managing that team, trading away Jadavion Clowney for speaking up, trading away DeAndre Hopkins for speaking up. Not a way for you to run a franchise. And even though Deshaun Watson has done nothing but win in his life, I think this could be a year the Texans drop off. The Titans, they're one of those teams that captured lightning in a bottle. They go 9-7. They go on a great playoff run, similar to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. Not sure just how sustainable that's going to be because we see so much turnover in the NFL every year. We don't see the same 12 teams making the playoffs every year. Now 14 with the 17 playoffs every single year. So I think a team that could come out and win this division now is the Indianapolis Colts. They have a Super Bowl roster that was built right at the end of Andrew Luck's career. We saw it the year Andrew Luck was finally healthy two years ago. He decides to retire last year. They play really great in the beginning with Jacoby Brissett, but you could tell it just wasn't enough offensive firepower for them. They go out, they got a nice running back out of Wisconsin. They're Jonathan Taylor in the draft. They signed Phillip Rivers in the offseason. I think he still has something left to prove. They have an offensive line that can keep him upright. And the defense was a work in progress for a few years, but I think last year they showed some progress early on when they were winning. They won a lot of close games when they couldn't score a lot of points. And so I think that's going to only benefit them this year with a revamped offense. Little concern they don't have a number one receiver, but I think they have enough to win the division this year. Yeah, I think uh, T.Y. Hilton's going to be able to be that number one receiver for them, and I am picking the Indianapolis Colts here. Um, I love the pick of Jonathan Taylor. They also got Michael Pittman out of USC, I believe, um, in the second round, which was a really nice pick for them. Um, I think they're going to have enough talent. It's the first time in a long time we've really seen Phillip Rivers with an offensive line that's going to allow him to not have to run for his life every time he drops back. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see what he can prove there. And I also like for them the pick of Jacob Eason um, to learn under Rivers. He's the only quarterback on the Colts roster that is under contract past this season. Um, So he will be able to learn from them and then they're going to be able to hand it off after Rivers retires right to Eason, who hopefully will be able, they are hoping that he will be able to take one of those steps like Mahomes or Jackson that took when they learned under a quarterback, a veteran winner, their first year and then moved in and was able to take over the reins. And I think Easton has that talent, but I'm not, well, he doesn't have Mahomes and Jackson talent, but he has the talent to make it yeah. jump at that level yeah. to a high and level. They have a, 
and they have a great roster. And so for him to come in next year, this is a franchise that is set up for success. Frank Valdez, the general manager, has done a great job building this team using any draft picks they get. They didn't use a first rounder this year. They get the two guys they've been targeting for months in the second round in Taylor and Pittman. Mm-hmm. This team set up for success, and if Easton learns from Rivers, this team could be not the next dynasty, but a team that's going to be consistently in the playoffs year in and year out for the next decade. Yeah. All right, so lastly in the AFC, the AFC West. Um, this one, I don't know if you're going to have a surprise pick, but I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, this one, it's all but over. This is another division. I think, I don't know if it's just because there's nothing else going on, but it seems like all these divisions besides the AFC South are much improved. I like what everybody in the AFC West did this offseason. Yeah. Kansas City kept the players they needed to keep. Great job in the draft. I really liked every pick they made there in the draft. Um, they get a running back that's going to fit their, their scheme at the end of the first round. The Denver Broncos were a team 4-1 and one down the stretch last year. Drew Locke came in at quarterback, really changed the game for them. They give him some wide receiver help this year. Um, they select Jerry Judy. I think they're going to be much improved, but there's just no reason to think that the Kansas City Chiefs will not repeat as division winners. They have the best quarterback in football, best quarterback head coach duo, or at least a top three quarterback head coach duo now with Brady and Belichick being broken up. He's right there with Peyton and Breeze as far as the offensive-minded coach with the quarterback. So the Kansas City Chiefs, they're still a team to be in the AFC West, and I think they win the division by a couple games still, no matter how improved the Raiders and the Broncos are this year. Yeah, I think the Chiefs will win. I think the only way the Chiefs don't win it is if Mahomes goes down with an injury that is long-term. If he miss, I think they could avoid losing the division if he misses a couple weeks. But if Mahomes goes down with an injury that keeps him out for six, eight games, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, just because I don't, even with all the talent around him, Patrick Mahomes is special. And I think part of that comes from growing up as the kid of a pro athlete. He was around that atmosphere growing up as a kid. So those big moments aren't anything different to him. He's used to being in that spotlight with the pressure. And I think that's how you are able to see him perform so well. And I think um, switching to a little bit of kind of made minor baseball tidbit here, but like all the baby Blue Jays players that are the kids of the former a lot of the times when you see, or Ken Griffey Jr., a lot of the times you see the kids of these star athletes are able to perform in these clutch moments because they're used to the spotlight. They're used to being in the big moments all the time, and they're around those athletes all the time, and it's nothing different for them. And I think that's a big piece of Mahomes' magic that he's got is that the moment's never too big. And for them, too, the last sort of tidbit here with the Chiefs, I think they realize they if they want to – have Mahomes win more than one Super Bowl, they need to do it now because Mahomes is going to be a $200 million quarterback. They have all that talent around him, a lot of them still on rookie contracts. They're going to price themselves out of a lot of that talent when they resign Mahomes. So now is the time for them to go on and win a second Super Bowl or third Super Bowl because middle of Mahomes' career, no matter how special he is, much like we saw with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, it could be a struggle for them to win Super Bowls because they might not have just enough talent around him. So I think now's the time with as much talent as he has around him to go out and really show that they're not letting their foot off the gas and that they want to continue to win Super Bowls. Cause yeah. You can't, you can't take it for granted with them. Yeah, and it's not like they're in a huge market either. Um, exactly. It's not like they're the L.A. Lakers in the NBA and can just or the New York Yankees and just spend, 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 spend. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Um, all right, now I think there's a few more interesting divisions in the NFC here. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the NFC East, which 
they're interesting. I don't think they're as strong as the other divisions in the NFC, but it's another interesting one that could go a few different ways. Yeah, the NFC East, it feels like over the last decade, besides a couple weird scenarios with RG3's rookie year where they were great, um, the Giants in 2011, it's been all Eagles and Cowboys. A couple down years for each franchise. They get top picks. They go out and get franchise quarterbacks. Uh, Dak Prescott in the fourth round. Carson Wentz second overall. I just think the Dallas Cowboys are the team to be in this division. They have one of the best trios of wide receivers now with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, the rookie out of Oklahoma, who we talked about earlier. They still have a great running back with Ezekiel Elliott. Offensive line is still a top five offensive line in football. The one concern for me is Dak Prescott wanting so much money. I'm not sure what the effect's going to be because I think Jerry Jones made it very clear the performance that Dak Prescott has shown so far and what he expects from him is not worth more than what he's willing to give. So he wants to give Dak allegedly $30 million. Dak wants closer to $40 million so that he's still a higher earner when Mahomes and Watson and all those players get paid. Not sure Dak is worth that sort of money, so that could cause some drama for this team. When you look at the overall talent, and I've only talked about the offense. The defense is special now, too. I know they lose a couple corners in free agency. They lose Byron Jones. But the defense has enough talent on there, enough young talent, the linebacker and defensive end slots, to make some noise in that NFC East. And I do think that Philadelphia can't rely on Carson Wentz for a full season. I think that could come back to bite them a little bit. I like Jalen Hurts. But I still think Dallas has just a better chance based on injury history and what we've seen over the last couple of years to win the division this year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Uh, I do agree with you that I don't think Carson Wentz can be counted on for an entire season. I like Jalen Hurts as a backup, but this more comes down with I don't trust Dallas more of than I actually trust Philly. Um, Dallas, I like the new coach in McCarthy. I think that's going to help them, but I don't know that all of the problem in Dallas was Jason Garrett. Um, I think part of the problem or a lot of the problem in Dallas starts from up top um, and there's not a community feel down they don't have the locker room and when there's discontent up top then it trickles down into the rest of the field or in the rest of the team and out of the field so um, I don't trust Dallas even though they do have a really talented roster Dayton went as far to say that they were one of the top two most complete rosters in the league I don't know that I agree with that statement but that was his statement when we did power they're in the top five they're in the top five as far as the talent on the roster that was his uh that was his statement. He said that them and the 49ers were the two most complete uh, rosters in football. I don't know that I would go as far as top two, but um, I just – I don't trust it. If I see it, then I'll believe it. Um, I don't trust Prescott yet. Um, I don't think he's worth $40 million. Uh, And I think that um, he has not been able to prove things in big moments. They've had the best offensive line in football for a long time. Um, the, over the past few years, and they also have one of the best running backs in terms of talent in the or in the league, and yet they still went eight and eight last year, and they had a first round exit the year before, um, so or second round maybe. Um, I think they're thirteen three, yeah, divisional yeah. round, but still, yeah. But yeah, I no. see what's coming from. I don't trust them in the playoffs yet, but regular season, it just seems like every year, occasionally you get one of the teams, Eagles are. Cowboys going 13, 3, 12, and 4. But it seems like every year they play each other in week 16, which they do this year. They're both around 8 and 7, 7 and 8, wherever. And then they, yep. whoever wins the division is 8 and 8, 9 and 7. They sneak into the playoffs, and that's it. So I expect very similar results this year. It just comes down to who wins that week 16 matchup. And honestly, with the new format, I think the other one might get in. They might yeah. sneak their way in. Um, now, 
I don't know for sure because of how strong these other divisions are. Like I can find two teams in each of the other three divisions that I think will probably earn a playoff spot. So it's going to be kind of hard to get one of those other teams in unless they're at 10 and six or nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, eight and eight's not going to do it this year for them. Yeah. Uh, not with the talent in the rest of the division. So we can move to the NFC North here, which I think might be one of, if not the best division in football. Yeah, the NFC North, I wouldn't go as far as calling them the best division in football, but they're right there. I still think it's a two-headed monster with the Packers and the Vikings. I'm not sure about the Bears. I like that they have a quarterback competition now with Trubisky and Foles. I just don't know if it's enough for them to turn the roster around and repeat what they did two years ago. Detroit, to me, is still in a rebuilding phase. However, they do get a healthy Matt Stafford this year, so they could make a little bit of noise with the roster they have around him. But the Vikings are another team like the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of years. In my opinion, they've been a top three roster from top to bottom. They've had nothing at starting positions. Every player, in my opinion, has been a B-minus to a B-plus, some A players at every position. If you look at the wide receivers, the running backs, quarterback play, corner, safety, linebacker, every position has been loaded. However, they have been not been able to win big games when it matters most. The Green Bay Packers are another team that they've been up and down the last couple of years. They got 13-3 and three last year. In my opinion, felt more like a 9-7 and seven team, got bailed out by some close game situations. When you win six games by less than seven points in a season, it's extremely hard to repeat that success the next year. We see it every year in every sport. There's always a team that goes on a magical run. They get a top seed, and they just won a lot of games. I remember the Red Sox. Um, in 2018, they just won. It seemed like they won every one-run game in baseball. I know we went back to a baseball reference there. But they won every single one-run game. It felt like, and so that the next year they don't, and their record drops off significantly. I think the Packers have the chance to do that this year. There's a little bit of discontent with Rodgers and Love, so I am going to roll with the Vikings. I know that was pretty long-winded there, Zach, but I think the Vikings with the roster, with Kirk Cousins possibly taking a step forward when they won a playoff game last year. I think they have enough to win the division if they go 10 and six again, 11 and five, that could be enough firepower for them to win the division. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at um, as well. Uh, I know Dayton is much higher on his lions than I am. Um, I am Dayton is a big lions fan. I am not much of a lions fan and I'm not sure that they're going to be that strong this year. Um, I like the pick of Deandre Swift there in Detroit. Um, As I kind of talked about with green Bay a little bit earlier, um, I'm not sure that they are going to be 100% together in the locker room uh, this year. And the Packers, as you kind of said, I think they're due for a little bit of a step back. But you can't doubt Aaron Rodgers in a clutch moment. Um, It's kind of like Tom Brady with the Patriots. In a big moment, he's going to make a play. And it's like watching that game with the Titans last year. He threw that pick six, but everybody was waiting and in the back of their mind expecting a crazy play to happen and them to pull out that game. Because that's how good those two quarterbacks have been over the years in those big moments. So I think that that's something to watch with Green Bay. But I'm taking Minnesota. I think that Kirk Cousins will take a step forward after getting over the hump there with the playoff win. Um, I'm not saying that he is this person, but I think what his journey has been so far is kind of reminiscent to Peyton Manning in the big moments where at first they told him that, Uh, or they always said about Manning was he couldn't win a big game. He couldn't win a big game. He couldn't win a big game. And then he finally won a big game and he went on to win two Super Bowls. I don't think that Cousins is going to win two Super Bowls necessarily, but I think that he's going to take a step forward now that he has the 
bugaboo off his back, I guess. Um, and I think, as you said, they have a really strong roster. Um, they lose Stephon Diggs, but they did replace him with Justin Jefferson out of LSU, who I thought was one of the top receivers in the draft. Plus also getting uh, Jalen Rieger, I believe, a corner out of – or no, not Jalen Rieger. Um, the corner out of Tennessee that – or TCU. Or TCU, I, yes. Um, Rieger's the receiver out of TCU. Um, I'm blanking on his name. But anyways, the point is they got a really strong corner out of TCU and Justin Jefferson. And I Jeff think – Gladney. Jeff Gladney. Yeah, that's that's who it was. And they had 15 draft picks, and I like what they did in the draft. Um, and I think that they're going to be a strong team there as well and I'm going to take them and the Bears I think the Bears will be better if they go with Foles over Trubisky uh they've still got a really strong defense um and well talent wise um if they play up to their talent and the Bears were kind of a team last year they went eight and eight it didn't feel like it um I felt like they were one of the worst teams in football but yeah they did. it really did but they did go eight and eight um and they are a team that they're talented enough to win a game against anybody, but they also could lose a game against anybody really easily. So, I mean, for them, I don't know how they're going to be. I think the Lions will be better than 3-12 and 12 with Stafford back, and, but I am going to take Minnesota there. So now moving on to our last two divisions, we've got the NFC South, another really tough division to pick. Yeah, this is going to be the division to watch this year. The Saints went 13-3 and last year, 7-1 and on the road. They get Drew Brees for likely a whole season. It's possibly misses some time again. He missed six games or five games last year. Um, but they did go 4-1 and in those games, so it's not like they were doing pretty poor without him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater stepped in. Now they have Jameis Winston as their backup quarterback, as well as Taysom Hill as their Swiss Army knife. Um, Hill making uh, 16 times the amount of money as Jameis Winston, but he is valuable as a receiver and as a guy that will throw maybe two passes in a year. But you know, that's a different subject. I think they're built to win now. It's likely Drew Brees' last season. He's signed a contract with NBC Sports. It's likely that he's going to retire at the end of the year. So this could be that one last final hurrah for the Saints, who have felt nothing but heartbreak over the last few seasons in the playoffs. They've had great seasons ripped away from them um, at the end of the games. People want to blame calls. You can also blame them for not stepping up in the big moments when they need to. It goes both ways. Um, and then, of course, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, who probably were the biggest winners this offseason. They get the two biggest names. They get Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. They have a great draft. They select Tristan Wirfs to help shore up the offensive line. They take Tyler Johnson, a receiver out of Minnesota, who I think – I know they already have two all-pro wide receivers in Godwin and Evans, but I think Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, who ripped the Big Ten to shreds the last couple of years, is going to be a huge addition to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. That was a steal for them in the fifth round. Um, so I really think they're going to be really good. I'm just not sure if the schedule is favorable for them. They get the Saints early on. Um, they have Vikings early on. They get all these teams early on that they have to play that are really good teams. Um, so that could come back to haunt them because I'm not sure with the shortened offseason if Brady and these receivers can get on the same page, although I'm sure Brady is having some sort of say in Tampa Bay right now, finding some sort of secret place to get everything done with everybody. I know Gronk got the playbook early and all of that, but yeah, there's been talk that he is uh, working with his receivers at high school fields down in Tampa Bay is what they're saying. So yeah, I'm not surprised. It's a very Jordan quality in Tom Brady that you can love it or hate it, but he's going to find ways to get things done. Even if others are saying it's not the time or not the place with everything going on. All he cares about is winning football. Even he talked about it in that golf match with Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. Phil, I don't know if you watched that, but great television. 
Yeah, and he was talking to Peyton, like, listen, man, you're better than me, but come on, I'm focused on football. Like, you're right. golfing all the time. Like, I'm still, you know, close to you, and I don't even golf like this. But <laughs> if I had to pick right now between the Saints and the Bucks, I'm going with the upset. I'm saying the Bucks win this division. It's not going to be a division where one of the teams is 13-3 this year. It's going to be much like many of the other divisions. I think 10-6, and 11-5 gets the job done and gets you to a two or a three seed in the NFC. Um, flipping a coin, I, yeah, the Buccaneers are over the Saints right now. Yeah, this division is so hard to pick. Part of me wants to just pick the Falcons and say, forget it, just go with the Falcons, <laughs> not even touch the two, but I'm not going to well, do that. Um, and since but, the division realignment in 2002, the NFC South has been the hardest division to predict every single year. I think until a couple of years ago, there had never been one team that won the division back-to-back years. I think yeah, up until 2013, 2014, there, no team in the division had won back-to-back years. It's always been a tough division to pick. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The Panthers are going to be better. Um, yeah. They've got Christian McCaffrey, who – Honestly, could be outside of Patrick Mahomes the best player in football. Uh, McCaffrey is impossible to stop. Um, and that is something that is going to be interesting to watch with him with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not sold on Bridgewater, but Bridgewater was really good in Minnesota before he got hurt. Uh, new coach Matt Rule moving to the NFL from Baylor. That's an interesting thing. That was funny to watch him uh, say that he was never leaving Baylor and he was proud to build a program there when the Browns came calling. And then as soon as Carolina came calling, he was on a plane and sign a contract uh but i mean it is the browns so uh but no the i'm gonna take tampa bay um i think that brady in the regular season i think brady's got more left in the tank than breeze in my opinion um and i think brady has something to prove breeze yes breeze is a very strong quarterback and he's gonna be coming back and wants to win against Breeze or against Brady, but Brady has something to prove being away from Belichick now. Brady wants to win a Super Bowl and prove that, hey, it's not just the system. I can do this myself and really cement even more his legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, even though he's a Michigan man and I'm a Spartan, but uh, he is the greatest quarterback of all time and he will, I think he's going to have a strong run this year and have a good chance to cement that legacy even more. All right, last division, NFC West. So I'm coming in with the heat on this one. I even did a video on it. I talked about two teams, one on each side that can go from worst to first. So the Dolphins in the AFC, I don't, I'm not predicting it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. But in the NFC, I'm sticking with that uh, hot take there. I think the Cardinals have a chance to win the division this year. Hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but we saw the 49ers go from third to first. Or, no, from last to first. Um, no different situation there with the quarterback coming back. But before I even talk about the Cardinals and their improvements, because I talked about it a little bit earlier with the draft, the 49ers probably got a little better this offseason, but 13-3 and three was somewhat of a magical number. It's very rare for a team to go from three or four wins to 13 wins and then maintain that consistently. We see teams do it all the time, and then the next year they come back down to earth. I still think the 49ers have a great roster. However, much like the Rams, there could be a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, and they could be a team that drops to 9-7, and 10-6 and six, now that they have a first-place schedule to play rather than a last-place schedule. Seattle, to me, is another team. I, I talked about Green Bay going 13-3, felt like 9-7. and seven. Seattle was 11-5, and five, but they didn't feel, in my opinion, like an 11-5 and five team. They seemed like a great team down the stretch, but really looking back, I even watched tape on it a couple weeks ago because I was that bored. They just didn't seem like a team that was 11-5. and five. They felt like a team that just won a lot of close games and basically came down to, okay, Russell Wilson, end of the game, 
can you do this? If he does it, he pulls off some sort of magic hat out of magic play out of his hat, they win the game. If he doesn't, they lose. And I don't think you can consistently rely on that. And then the LA Rams, they're going to be the worst team in this division. I like Sean McVay as the coach. I still like Jared Goff, but they spent so much money on all these players that are not living up to those contracts. They have so many bad contracts on that team that I just don't see any success coming from them, which is a shame because they went all in for short-term success in LA. They made it to one Super Bowl, but it seems like that window is already slamming shut. If it hasn't already, it's on the brink of slamming shut. So with the Cardinals possibly winning, going from 5-10-1 to maybe 11-5, and 12-4 this team, I think Kyler Murray, similarly to Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I know he played the whole season, but I do think similarly to them, his second year is going to be even better than his first year. It's going to be exponentially better. I think that with the offensive line around him, the receivers he has, second year with Cliff Kingsbury, I think we're going to see something from Kyler Murray that could garner him to become the third straight second-year quarterback to win an MVP this year. That's sort of my hot take there with the Cardinals. But I think great, much improved defense. Still has some holes to fill, but much improved. Great pass rusher in Chandler Jones. Um, you get Isaiah Simmons who could play anywhere, fill in and pass rush, fill in and coverage, wherever they need. I think they'll be able to play around with them a little bit and really show up the defense. But I think that offense – if they don't be a division winner, they're at least going to be one of the most exciting offenses to watch in the NFL next year. Yeah, uh, you made a very convincing argument there. Um, I I don't know that I can go there yet. Um, I think I'm going to go with Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle is, as much as I want to pick LA, uh, in terms of the fact that they've got a lot of talent on their roster, they're not, as you said, they're not living up to it. And LA very easily could be. That's why that, what makes this division so fascinating is that any of these teams could finish first and any of them could finish last. Exactly. So that LA team that you picked last could easily finish first. And the Cardinals, who you picked first, finished last last season. So it's, it could go anywhere in this division. Um, I'm going to go with Seattle just for the pure basis that I think they have the best quarterback. And I think that they've been the most consistent over the past few years. Um, I think – they are the most consistent team of getting into the playoffs out of all these teams every year, it seems. I think they missed it a couple years ago, but they've been pretty consistent getting in. Um, they haven't necessarily made Super Bowl runs in the last few years, but they've been in the playoffs consistently. And trying to pick division winners, I'm going to take Seattle here, um, just purely based on consistency and Russell Wilson and the fact that this is such an unpredictable division. I will say Russell Wilson's the most underrated quarterback in football. He's never received an MVP vote. That kind of outrages me a little bit because he has done things in this league that we haven't seen from other quarterbacks before. He's done some things. He's carried some teams that haven't had the greatest – Who who's the star receiver he's ever had? I know now he has Tyler Lockett who's developed into a nice player and he's decapped. But before that, he never had star receivers around him. Never a great offensive line, never a bad offensive line, but never great. And he's had inconsistent running games his whole career. And he's all he's done is had winning records. Even the year they missed the playoffs, they were still eight and eight, I believe, or nine and seven. Um, they didn't have a losing record. So he's one of those underrated quarterbacks. You can never count them out. So I like that pick with Seattle, though, man. Yeah. They should have still should have handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, but it's okay. Um, As a Patriots fan, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, but all right. So one last thing before we get off for the day. I didn't actually tell you about this before, but you might've implied that I was going to ask this Super Bowl pick. Um, and this is something that I hadn't really thought much about before we started this uh, episode, but I am ready to give my pick now. Yeah. Super Bowl. So way too early Super Bowl picks. I believe I did. I forgot who I picked. I've written down somewhere who I picked in my uh, way too early predictions back in February, February. So I'm changing it now because I think I've had different – now we've seen a full offseason and we've seen 
um, how the drafts come out. So in the AFC, I do believe that we are going to see the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC for the second straight year. I just think that when it comes to the playoffs, they have the most consistent offense. They have the best quarterback, best quarterback coach duo in the AFC now. I like what they did um, with St. Edwards Hilaire out of LSU. I think he's going to be a great fit for them. I think the defense are better than it was last year even. So I think they're going to be a team that's in the Super Bowl for the AFC. Now the NFC is tough. And this might just be buying in to legacy here. But I think Tampa Bay is going to be the first team to play a Super Bowl at home. It's in Tampa Bay this year. And I just think Tom Brady, with that offense, with Rob Gronkowski, with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin, with Bruce Arians, two different play styles there. Bruce Arians likes to air it out. Brady's never been an aired out quarterback. I think they compromise a little bit, and there's mixtures of uh, Patriots offense, offenses and um, what Bruce Arians likes to run. And I think they figure it out, and they go on a deep enough run because I think the X factor for them is the defense. I think they have quietly a top 10 defense in the NFL. They were top five down the stretch last year. So I think Chiefs, Buccaneers, and we get an extremely exciting Super Bowl. We always figured, you know, we'd see Mahomes and Brady in AFC championships, and those would be some of the best playoff games. But now we have a chance to see them in the Super Bowl competing against each other. It's new versus old. It's uh, one MVP versus four or three. I think that'd be a fun Super Bowl. And I think if I had to pick right now, I'd pick Tampa Bay to win it. I think Kobe they have a chance Jordan. to win it. Kobe and Jordan passing the torch game type thing. Uh, vibes coming out of that one. I don't know. The NFC is really tough to pick. In the AFC, I think it's down to Kansas City and Baltimore and maybe Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis could sneak, could sneak in up into that AFC championship game there. But I'm going to go with Kansas City. Um, I like Mahomes over Jackson, and I like the squad in Kansas City over this one in Baltimore. Um, and the NFC, as you said, is really, really interesting to pick. I've went back and forth in my head a few different times of who I'm going to pick in the NFC. Um, I don't know that I like the Bucks, just because I'm not sure that they have the experience outside of Brady in the playoffs. And I think they might be one year away. Um, but Rob Gronkowski is going to help. Um, I don't know. Uh, the team I'm going to end up going with in the NFC is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I, like that. I think that. Seattle is prime for another playoff run. Marshawn Lynch supposedly is in talks to come back. They've already got other good running backs that are going to be coming back healthy now. This should be a strong Seattle team. Um, Jadavian Clowney, who knows? Maybe he'll go back to Seattle after realizing that he's not going to get what he wants, considering he turned down a huge offer from the Browns um, and a couple other teams. I mean, he's not going to get what he's asking for. So who knows? Maybe he'll turn around and go back to Seattle. They've got a strong defense. Um, they're strong on offense in terms of talent when they get back healthy because they had some players injured last year. That's why they had to go to Marshawn Lynch and sign him off the street because they didn't have an offense. And if Marshawn Lynch comes back with them and you give Marshawn Lynch a chance to train and all of that stuff for things, Marshawn Lynch was really good in his prime. And Marshawn Lynch is not that old. He is, I believe, 33. Yeah, he's 34 years old. So he's still able to perform at a high level if given the chance. And I think that he's going to be able to uh, do that if they sign him. And I think that that team has enough talent. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take Seattle over Kansas City. Um, I don't 
I don't see a team back-to-back uh, right now. The NFL, the talent around the league is too good um, for, to, for me to see a team going back-to-back, although the Chiefs look like a juggernaut right now. Adding Edward Solaire, who is the best pass-catching back in the draft, mm-hmm. to a team that already has Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and an insane amount of talent on that offense, that's going to be tough to beat. But can the Chiefs play defense consistently? They got into a matchup with a team in the Super Bowl last year that couldn't score. They didn't have to face Baltimore's electric offense. They faced Tennessee's ground and pound. Yeah. You, you never saw them against a high-powered, prolific top offense, except for the Texans. And the Texans were up 24-0. to zero. Yeah. Kansas and they beat City, them earlier in the year. Right. I'm not convinced in Kansas City's defense yet to be able to win against a team like Seattle and a high-profile game manager quarterback in Russell Wilson that another one of those guys that you talked about with Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson just knows how to win. Exactly. Everywhere. He won at Wisconsin with a team that wasn't that great around him. They were good, but they weren't that great. I watched it firsthand because they beat Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship that year. That roughing the punter call was interesting, but that is besides the point. Uh, Russell Wilson (laughs) knows how to win everywhere he goes. And I'm going to pick Seattle here. Uh, Hot take. When Dayton and I pick these when we get close to the NFL season, I can almost guarantee you I will probably not pick Seattle because that's just how my mind works. But for tonight, we're picking Seattle. So uh, (laughs) thanks for coming on, Jordan. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you guys have a nice night. Peace out.